You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily Florida State Seminoles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Seminoles podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Wayne McGahee III, Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. And uh, tomorrow, Florida State, Florida kicks it off. One of the greatest rivalries in, in all of sports. Uh, you know, I, I love this game. It's It's full of hate and... Yeah, these two teams do not like each other at all. There's a bunch of guys that have played against each other at the high school level that don't, you know, that just don't like each other. There's a, you know, there's a lot more than, um, you know, than just pride on the line in this game for Florida State, at least. You know, Florida State's 36-year bull streak is hanging in the balance. If Florida State wins this game, they go to a bowl game. If they lose, then Florida snaps this, the longest college football uh, consecutive bowl streak in, in history. Uh, in the history of college football. So, you know, there's a lot on the line this week. Um, in this podcast, we're going to discuss the keys to winning the game for Florida State, the players that uh, have to play well for Florida State to win, the players that I believe will play well in this game. And then finally, I'll give my prediction for the game in the third segment. But <clears throat> before we get into that, uh, if this is your first time listening to the Locked on Seminoles podcast, first of all, welcome. Thank you for uh, for tuning in. Uh, if you don't know who I am, I am the Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. I cover football, baseball, basketball, and recruiting. I've covered Florida State for the last four years, and um, you know, I'm pretty much anything that's going on around the <clears throat> around any of the major three sports for Florida State. I'm there every home away bowl game for football, every home game for basketball, any way, any uh, postseason basketball games. Any home game for baseball and any postseason baseball games, I'm there as well. So I've got a pretty good idea of what's going on around the three major programs at Florida State as well as recruiting. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Florida State's, uh, you know, Florida's rent comes into this game ranked number 13 in the country. Uh, that's by the USA Today coaches poll. Since I work for the Tallahassee Democrat, which is a USA Today paper, I have to use the uh, the coaches poll rankings. So Florida comes in at number 13, which is probably a little more accurate than where the other polls have them because they're really not that good. I mean, let's be honest here. They're really not that good, but are they good enough to beat Florida state? That's, that's the question we're going to have to, <clears throat> and we're going to try and uh, answer out here. So in the, in this first segment, we're going to talk about uh, Florida state's keys to the game. Uh, number one, Florida state has to stop the run. That, they have to stop the run. Uh, prior to the, well, outside of two games this year, Florida State has been one of the best run-stopping teams in the country. Like One of the best run-stopping teams in the country. They've been phenomenal. Um, but then the Notre Dame game happened. They gave up 177 yards to North Carolina State. Then they gave up 365 yards to Notre Dame. Dexter Williams averaged 10.2 yards per carry and rushed for over 200 yards. Florida's rushing attack is top 25 in the country. They've got two guys with over 600 yards rushing. They've got two guys averaging over 5.5 yards per carry. They do a really good job of running the football. And it's different than Boston College did, but Florida State finally got back on the board You know, after the disaster against Notre Dame. Florida State finally got back and, and stopped the run. They held A.J. Dillon, who's one of the best running backs Florida State's faced this season, to 3.2 yards per carry. Uh, Boston College is a hold, 2.6 so if Florida State can stop the run and put pressure, you know, the, the key is going to be stopping the run and putting pressure on Florida quarterback Felipe Franks to uh, to really, you know, to, to win the game for the Gators. 
And he's not a guy that I believe can do that. Um, you know, I watched him all throughout high school. I watched him, you know, I've watched him a few times th- over the past couple of years. Uh, and, you know, I saw him in person last year when, when Florida State went down there in 138 to 22. And it, when pressure is in his face, he's, he doesn't do well. He doesn't handle it well. And it, when, when there's pressure on him, he doesn't handle it well. So if Florida State's selling out to stop the run, getting in his face, it's going to put a lot of pressure on him. And I'm not sure how Florida State or how uh, Frank's, Franks will handle that. Um, so that, that's the key to the game is putting pressure, at least on the defensive side of the ball, is going to be stopping the run and then pressuring Franks. If they can get pressure, Florida State's done a really good job of putting pressure on a quarterback this year uh, outside of you know the three-game stretch against uh, Clemson, North Carolina State, and Notre Dame, where you know, they obviously didn't have a sack and struggled to do anything. Um, but you know, if, if Florida State can put pressure on, uh, on Franks, you know, Brian Burns has been very good this season at doing that. If, if Florida State can do that, it's going to put, uh, it's going to put a lot of pressure on him. And I, I don't know that he, uh, he's going to be able to handle that well, because that's not, the, not something that he's been able to do in the past. So, you know, Florida State's, uh, run defense has been very good outside of a couple games this year, even with, um, even with how, how bad the run defense was against Notre Dame and, you know, how, like it, the below average performance against NC State, Florida State's still giving up just three point three yards per carry, which is I believe fifteenth in the country. So you know, the, before that game and after that game, Florida State's or after those games, Florida State's been very good against the run, very very good. If that holds and Florida State can find a way to stop the run game for Florida, it's it's going to go a uh, a long way towards getting a uh, getting a victory. On the offensive side of the ball. Florida State's going to have to run the football. Um, Florida's defense has been, you know, has, has struggled to stop the run this year. They're 77th in the country. Six different uh, teams have averaged more than 5.5 yards per carry against Gators this year. And every team except for Colorado State has run, has rushed for more than 100 yards. So Florida State's going to have to find a way to run the football. Florida State's rushing attack has obviously been abysmal this year. Uh, overall for the year, they're averaging 2.67 yards per carry which is, I believe, 129th. It's been 129th for most of the season. Um, so only, uh, I believe, San Jose State has a, has, a worst, uh, a worst, has a worse yards per carry average than Florida State does. <clears throat> but over the past couple of weeks, Florida State's uh, it's been getting better. It, you know, Cam Akers is finally starting to run like Cam Akers. He's averaging 6, uh, 6.6, 6.7 yards per carry over the past two games. Um, you know, he has three touchdowns. He's, you, you could see the improvement start against NC state. And then, you know, he looked, they looked much improved against, um, against Notre Dame. And then he really looked improved against Boston college, a very good Boston college run defense. So, um, Notre Dame and Boston college's run defenses are better than Florida's are, uh, at least by the statistics, as far as yards per carry goes. Um, so Florida state's going to have, yeah, gonna have to have Cam Akers step up, um, Jacquez Patrick step up, and they're gonna have to find a way to run the football because if they don't, that's gonna put a lot of pressure on the Florida State passing game. And Florida's been very, very good against the pass this year. They're one of the top teams in the country against the pass. So if Florida State's going to put points up on the board, it's gonna have to find a way to run the football. They're gonna have to ch- um, channel that success that they had against 
you know, uh, against BC and against Notre Dame, you know, limited against Notre Dame because, you know, Florida State was down by 17, like six minutes into the game. So they weren't able to run as much, but, you know, they, he, he did have success specifically Cam Akers and then against uh, Boston College, Akers had a lot of success and really seemed to break through. So, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I believe that, you know, if, if Florida State's going to have any shot of winning this game, Cam Akers is going to have to have a big game. Florida State's going to have to be able to run the football because if they, you know, put try to put all of the pressure on DeAndre Francois, um, it's going to be a struggle. And I'm not sure that Florida State will be able to uh, be able to produce enough if that's the case. But and uh, the last thing, you know, we, we talked about offense, we talked about defense. Now we're going to talk about special teams because you have special teams have been uh, really really good this season. Um, they're 10th in the S&P Plus. Florida State's is 98th. And I know what you're thinking. 98th, that seems low. Or that seems high. Um, it's gotten better. You know, Florida State special teams have gotten better over the past few weeks. Um, or the past few games. You know, Ricky Aguayo made three of his four field goal attempts. You know, that's going to improve improve his average. You know, Logan Tyler's having a, a decent year. He sometimes has uh, has some uh, punts where he, you know, either shanks it or kicks it outkicks his coverage too long but for the most part he's been he's been all right uh, you know kickoff returns have been a nightmare uh, punt returns DJ actually hasn't had that great of a you know since really since the Miami game DJ hasn't hasn't really had a lot of success uh, returning punts but Florida State's punt return coverage hasn't been great the kickoff return coverage hasn't been great um, basically Florida State is at a distinct disadvantage on special teams and it, it seems like Florida State's good for at least one special team's blunder a game. Um, last week, it was the blocked field goal. You know, we'll have to see if that happens, but UF special teams been has been very good. Florida State basically just needs to not screw it up on special teams this week. Uh, I, and that's going to be a tall task because that's basically what they've done all season, but they just need to not screw it up. Um in the uh that, so that's going to do it for this uh this first segment we'll get into the second segment in just a second talking about the players that I think will have success against Florida and the players that I think have to have success against Florida for uh for Florida State to pull out a victory um and then in the final segment I'll give my prediction for the game but before we get into that are you sick of paying for 20 channels you never watch when you just want to see the Knowles win? Then you've got to check out Sling TV. Sling TV is the best way to watch college football, and $30 a month gets you ESPN, the Pac-12 Network, the SEC Network, and many, many more sports channels. But there's no useless channels. There's no long-term contracts. There's no hidden fees, and you can cancel anytime. You can stream on your big screen and all of your favorite devices. So... If you're you know sick of fighting with cable, you've got to check out Sling TV. And Locked On listeners can get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com forward slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com forward slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. So don't miss out on the next big game because you're still fighting with cable. Check out Sling TV. Thanks for sticking with me as we head into this second segment of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I really do appreciate all the support and you guys, uh, you know, listening to what I have to say. But <clears throat> going into uh, going into this next segment, we're going to talk about the players that I believe will have success in the, in this game. Um, and number one, right off the bat, is Dontavious Jackson, Florida State linebacker. Uh, he's you know he he's got uh, he's second on the team with seven any tackles. 
But over the past two games, he has 25 tackles. He's a guy that's going to have to really step up and play well, you know, to to get this uh, Florida rushing attack and, and limit it. Um, you know, I talked about how important that was in you know stopping the Florida the Florida running backs and Felipe Franks from running the football. Um, you know, if if they're if that's going to happen, Dontavious Jackson is going to play a a big factor. He, he's Florida State's best linebacker. He's very good against the run. He's going to have to lead this unit, uh, the defensive unit, against the run. And really, if if he can do that, I expect him to have a huge game um, as far as tackles go. He needs to he needs to be fighting off blocks. He needs to get in there, and I believe he's gonna he's gonna have a big impact on this game. Um, you know, he's a guy that I wouldn't be surprised to hit double digit sacks or double digit sacks, double digit tackles again, just because he. Uh, He's going to be around the ball so much. He has great instincts, and you know, he's really seemed to come on over the past uh, past few games. So I think he's he's going to find a lot of success uh, against Florida. the uh, The next player that I believe is going to have a lot of success is we're going to stick on the defensive side of the ball, and that's Brian Burns. Burns has ten sacks this season. Uh, it's a career high for him, passing his nine point five sacks that uh, that he had as a true freshman, but. Um, <clears throat> Burns has Burns has been good. He's played his tail off. He plays consistently, and you know he, he I, I mean he's only come off the field this season for like a handful of snaps. You know he he plays hard every time, and he's one of the best pass rushers in college football. Um, I talked uh, I talked in the first segment about how important putting pressure on Felipe Franks is, and that's really going to come down to to Burns. Um, you know, outside of Burns, no one else has more than four sacks this season, or no, no one else has more than three and a half sacks this season. Josh Kando and Marvin Wilson each have three and a half, but nobody else, you know, Burns has 10. Nobody else has, has more than three and a half. So putting pressure on Franks is mostly going to come down to Burns, um, you know, finding a way to make plays. If, uh, you know, if they, if Florida does their best to take Burns out of the game, then it's going to open things up for guys like Kane Doe and Wilson. And that's, I mean, that'd be just as, you know, I don't, I don't want to say that would be just as good because Burns is very good at what he does, but you have to believe that those guys can, uh, can find a way. So uh, Burns, whatever, it, whatever happens in the game, whether he's double or triple teamed, whatever, um, or, you know, they try and block him because they somehow think that uh, whatever offensive tackle is going up against him is better than he is. You know, he's going to have a big impact on this game, but just to you know, it just depends how uh, how that affects it. But I do expect Burns to have a, a very big impact on this game, regardless of, of how they try to block him. And uh, the final guy that I believe is going to have have success for Florida State this season is Tamorian Terry. He has 666 yards receiving this year, 32 receptions, 8 touchdowns. He's 30th nationally with uh, with 8 touchdowns. He's averaging over 20 yards a catch, almost 21 yards a catch. And, you know, he's a guy that, uh, that when, when Florida State needs a big play, he's the guy that makes it. I mean, that's what, that's what he does. You know, when Florida State needs to have a big play, uh, you know, when Florida State needs to find some offense and needs to find su- some success, he's the guy that they can turn to to make the big play down the field. Um, so, Terry, you know, Florida's... Florida secondary has been very good. Their pass defense has been very, very good this season. But I'm not convinced that there's a wide receiver in the country that can cover this kid. Uh, he's 
big, strong, athletic, fast, uh, you know, great body control. You know, he, he just, if he's one-on-one covered, I've said this, you know, so many times so far, but it's, it's always, you know, it, it continues to ring true. If he's, if he's in one-on-one coverage, he's open. Throw him the ball. He's open. Because I don't believe that there's a cornerback in the country that can cover him one-on-one. I, I just don't. I mean, that, that dude goes up and he makes, you know, ridiculous play after ridiculous play. He's so fast for being so big that it's just, it's almost unfair, you know, just how talented he is. But, you know, so uh, I think Terry's going to have a big game. I think he's going to have at least one big catch in the game for Florida State. You know, maybe it'll go for a touchdown, maybe it won't, but it's still going to be, he'll have at least one big catch in this game, um, you know, as far as either finding a way into the end zone or maybe, you know, getting a first down on a fourth down or something. He's going to find a way to make an impact in this game because that's what he does. Moving on to the guys that must have success. Number one, Cam Akers. I talked about how important it is for Florida State to be able to run the football in this game because if they don't, it's going to be a real struggle. And Akers is the guy. I mean, he's. I talked about how much he's started to come on the past few weeks. He's he's a guy that's that's really going to have to... uh, going to have to step up for Florida State. He, um, you know, he, he's starting to run. You know, the first half of the season, he struggled. He was running more east-west rather than north-south. He got benched. Uh, Jacquez Patrick took over with the first team for him, and then Akers seemed to start, you know, getting better from that point on. He's running hard. He's going north-south. And against, um, against Boston College, <clears throat> he had his best run of the season. It was for 55 yards. It wasn't for a touchdown. But he ran through some... Uh, he ran through some tackles. He made guys miss in space, and he showed really incredible balance, staying on his feet um, at multiple points in the run. And it went for 55 yards. Uh, went for a field goal, and Florida State, um, you know, was able to uh, win the game later. But <clears throat> you know, it his progress this season. It, he's obviously not where we you know, expected him to be. I expected Cam Akers to rush for like 1,500 yards this year and be one of the best running backs in college football. That obviously didn't happen. Um, But he has gotten better. He has improved. The offensive line in front of him has improved, and they were opening up holes against a very, uh, you know, very good defensive front for Boston College. Florida State's going to need the exact same thing to happen uh, to happen in this game, and Akers is going to have to have success if Florida State's going to find a way to win this game. He's going to have to run with that passion and run um, with the intensity that he has the past two games. Up next is DeAndre Francois. Obviously, quarterback has to have success for Florida State to have a chance to win. Um, yeah, he... He didn't play particularly well against Boston College, but he ended up throwing for over 300 yards. So, you know, he did have some success, but he threw for under 50%. Um, that's been a that's been a kind of his, uh, his shtick against ranked teams this year. He's completed under 50% of his passes every game against a ranked team this season, um, which is 48.7%. But he's finding a way to make, you know, to make uh, big throws when he needs to. He's... You know, he's going to have to do that again. Um, Francois did much better against Boston College as far as making the correct reads. He ran a little bit. You know, they they tried to run him. He had 10 carries in the game. Uh, You know, he he was fairly effective in the run game when uh, when that happened. But, you know, Francois is going to have to to limit the mistakes as well. Um, 
Florida's pass defense has been very good this year. They're one of the most opportunistic defenses in the country. They have three interceptions returned for touchdown this year, which uh, is in the top five in the country. Um, so Francois has thrown, thrown a few picks this year. He's, uh, and, you know, he hasn't exactly been, uh, been the best with the, you know, as far as protecting the football, but if, um, you know, he's, he's going to have to improve that this week. He has 10 interceptions so far this season, so almost one per game. But Florida State's going to have to, and well, he's going to have to step up and, and really protect the football. Not to, you know, so Florida State isn't giving Florida short fields um, like they really have to teams all season. So, uh, you know, Francois is a guy that's going to have to step up. He's going to have to maybe not win them the game. But he's going to have to limit his mistakes because mistakes against this Florida defense, especially in the passing attack um, and their passing defense, can change the numbers on the scoreboard because they are adept at uh, picking things off and taking them to the house. And finally, the last, uh, the last, I guess, player, I'm going to cheat a little bit here, uh, that has to have success is the Florida State secondary. Talked about you know, Florida State stopping the run, forcing Franks to... Um, you know, putting pressure on Franks. Florida State secondary has been not great this season. Uh, Stanford Samuels the third has been good. He's bounced back between cornerback and uh, and safety. He's back at cornerback now. Florida State safety situation isn't great. Um, you know, Asante Samuel Jr., true freshman, has stepped into a starting lineup. Levonta Taylor hasn't uh, you know finally returned to practice, but hasn't you know really been a been a factor over the past few weeks. Uh, since the Clemson game with a hamstring injury. So he, um, you know, Florida State secondary is going to have to step up. They're going to have to play well. And basically they can't, uh, <clears throat> they can't really do what they did against Clemson and, and Notre Dame and just get beaten one-on-one situations consistently. That's, that's basically it. You know, if, if Florida State's selling out to stop the run and putting pressure on the quarterback, <clears throat> they can't allow Franks to be bailed out by wide receivers just beating them in one-on-one situations. That's just that's what they got to do. But that's going to do it for uh, the second segment of the Locked on Seminoles podcast that ran a little long, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. In the final segment, I'll give my prediction and why I believe uh, that's the case. So um, I hope you've enjoyed the second segment of the Locked on Seminoles podcast. We'll get to the third segment in just a second. Thanks for sticking with me as we head into this final segment. Uh, it's prediction time. Florida State, Florida, five straight on the line for Florida State. No, they've already won five straight, so it's the sixth straight win on the line for Florida State. 36-year bowl streak on the line. 41-year winning season streak on the line. Pride on the line. You know, it's, I mean, this is this is everything, right? This is Florida State, Florida. But <clears throat> there's... This is a, a game where I do think Florida State actually matches up fairly well with Florida. Um, Florida State's rushing defense has been very good this season, outside of obviously the Notre Dame game talked about that. Florida's rushing attack is their primary source of offense. So if Florida State's run defense can can stop them, then I feel you know good about Florida State being able to limit Florida's uh, Florida's ability to put points up on the board. <clears throat> you know Florida's rushing. Rush defense hasn't been great. Florida State's ru- rushing offense has been abysmal, but is improving. So it's uh, you know it's th- that's what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to the trenches and which team is able to run the football more consistently. <clears throat> At this point, 
I'm not sure. I be, because I believe that the it's going to come down to which team can run the football. I I can't pick Florida State in this game. Um, I just I can't. I Florida State turns the football over too much. Florida doesn't turn the football over a lot, and they take advantage of turnovers. You know, Florida's special teams are much better than Florida State's. I do think this game is going to be very, very close. It's going to come down right to the wire. But, you know, Florida State just may, has made too many mistakes this year in, in critical situations for me to believe that, that um, you know, they're going to be able to pull out this game. I think Florida's going to win 24-23. You know, um, I think it's going to be extremely close. I think Florida State's going to have a chance to win the game in the fourth quarter. And uh, we'll have to see how that hap- you know, how, how they how they respond to that. They've responded to that fairly well, um, you know, as far as the Louisville game and the Boston College game. Uh, they didn't handle it well against Miami. So we'll have to um, we'll have to wait and see, you know, what what happens. But I think Florida State's thirty uh, six year bowl streak comes to an end. I think that Florida's going to get uh, going to get the Seminoles twenty four to twenty three. You know. Hope I'm wrong. I, uh, you know, I want to see the streak continue, but um, we'll just have to wait and see on Saturday if uh, if this Florida State team can make me eat some crow. So we'll be back <clears throat> next Monday talking about uh, talking about Florida State's. Uh, hopefully, we'll be talking about Florida State's win over Florida. Um, but regardless, we'll be back on Monday talking about uh, Florida State's game against Florida. Florida State's, you know, play in the Advocare Invitational. They won. Uh, they beat UAB last night by 18. They covered the spread. They play number 21 LSU today at uh, at 4:30. Florida State soccer is in the elite eight. Jesus, today at 2:30 they're taking on Penn State for a shot at the co- going to the College Cup. So there's a lot going on. You know, a, a lot of uh, a big time athletic events going on at Florida State. We're gonna have it all covered. You know, I'll be covering the soccer match. My partner at the Tallis Democrat is down in Orlando covering um, covering Florida State's game against LSU. He'll be back down there on on Sunday if you know if Florida State wins, covering the uh, the championship game against either Oklahoma State or Villanova. It, that's assuming Florida State wins, and then we'll both be in town on Saturday covering Florida State, Florida. So there's a lot going on with Florida State this week. I hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I've really enjoyed uh, enjoyed talking about this game. I'm, you know, I hope my prediction is wrong, but that's just the way I see it. Um, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Enjoy this Saturday of college football um, and have a wonderful day.